I'm not going to attack the states, Mr Speaker. The private sector is helping us through this. It's not government. Prime Minister, what took you so long? Closed shop doors, empty gyms and ongoing financial devastation. We are in this for the long haul. As soon as we hit all those milestones, we will have those extra freedoms. Another COVID near miss. COVID vaccinations are now mandatory for all Murrumbidgee local health staff and police across the Riverina. Wagga takes its disaster with a smile. Council has joined in with the race, but... Yeah, it's it. It's got to be Wagga. An absolute lover and passionate member of Wagga Wagga City Council. That likes to clear open this ordinary meeting of the city of Wagga Wagga. Hello and welcome to the ninth show for Wagga's Election Dissection, Wagga's Wellbeing Program, a nexus of heritage, privacy and development for the 20th of October 2021. I'm your host, CSU journalist student and Wagga Rouseabout Zoe Morris, here to translate political jargon, research candidates and offer reliable election updates straight from the horse's mouth to you, the citizens of Wagga. Join me and political guests every week on Spotify, Twitter and Facebook at Wagga's Election Dissection. As always, your engagement is what makes this show. Please post or comment any questions for your elected officials and engage with your local members. Today, connections between heritage and well-being are being made across multiple social disciplines. Researchers and the wider society have increasingly come to see what many Indigenous communities have long realised and indeed practised that important historical, physical landscapes, monuments and objects cannot be separated from intangible beliefs. Certainly, heritage is not a romantic, nostalgic component of fragmented pasts and memories, but rather an essential part of who we are and what we are, where we have come from and where we are going. A living heritage is essential for contemporary and future social well-being. Indeed, good government planning can integrate aspects of sustainability, connectivity, social well-being and heritage values with development and growth targets. But do we have planning systems that can protect or even recognise such values? Labor candidate Amelia Parkins believes that she has the expertise and priority towards planning and building Wagga's conservation, development and social capital. Miss Parkins was born and grew up in Wagga before moving to the far north coast with her family. A travelled individual, Miss Parkins did a rotary exchange in Finland for a year before returning to the University of Sydney to study architecture. Completing a Masters in Architecture as well as Heritage Conservation, Amelia worked in Sydney for a few years before returning to Wagga. Always fascinated by the way humans interact with their environment and how built environments can shape experiences, she has been working in grant funding for bushfire recovery for the Department of New South Wales. Miss Parkins has taken Vanessa Keenan's place as number two on the Labor ticket for the elections in December. Miss Parkins, other council members have accused the Labor members of playing party politics. How would you respond? I guess I'm certainly not an expert on the setup or relationships between existing councillors at the moment, um, but I would say that there are probably other alliances within the existing group of councillors that go beyond party politics. Um, and I guess in terms of the two Labor councillors voting in a similar way a lot of the time, it's possibly got more to do with their shared set of values that align with the Labor values than playing party politics. What are your proudest achievements to date? <laughs> 
Um, I don't know. It's probably going to sound like a cliche or a cop-out, but I think my proudest achievement is probably being a mum. So, yeah, raising a beautiful, clever, cheeky boy. I didn't think that I was probably, if you asked me five years ago, I would have said something career-related, but um, now it's definitely motherhood. What are you most passionate about in local government? What are your priorities? Um, yes, yeah, so I think, like I said before, it would come back to connectivity, enhancing and improving connectivity um, across all of Wagga. I'm particularly interested in making sure that the services that council provides are accessible to everyone. Um, I guess, regardless of what suburb you're in, that's probably a key thing for me, more equitable access to everything. Um, and that probably also leads into physical access, which is something I'm quite passionate about. Um, Dan laughs at me all the time, but I do think that the footpath network around Wagga is really a significant thing and needs a lot of work. So that's probably will be high on my priority list at the moment. Um, my mum is in a wheelchair and she can't get out of her block um, and cross the road. Like there's no, I don't even know what it's called, like no little ramps. So she has to go down people's driveways and out onto the road and then um, across, which I just think is probably not quite good enough and I think if it's happening in her block it's probably happening everywhere and she's obviously not the only one with um, mobility challenges and then things like walking from my house to the botanic gardens with my son there is no footpath that takes you to the botanic gardens you have to either go cross country or up the road again which again if we're talking about like ways to come out of this COVID crisis and improve it the botanic gardens is an obvious example for um, holding outdoor activities more so than they are at the moment. There's a bit of a focus, or it seems, on the memori memorial gardens, which are great. Um, but I think if we are looking at a different way of interacting and gathering with people, we need to look broader than central Wagga. Um, yeah, so I'm pretty keen. And it's probably the architecture and urban design perspective as well that I think it's a really great opportunity to have a look holistically at the LGA and how we can move from one place to the other and you know, it helps people's fitness and health as well to get them outside and moving so I think council's got a responsibility to facilitate that if and where possible. Heritage and privacy have been contentious issues within Wagga CBD in recent years. Given Wagga's growing population do you see heritage being an issue in the future? Yeah I think there's definitely a need to balance those things. Um, one of the key things about heritage is identifying what's important and then protecting and enhancing that as much as possible. And I think that's a pretty good starting point or guide to everything that we do in terms of design in the built environment. Um, I, I don't think being a heritage person, we need to keep everything. I think there's, you know, the past has, has its place and charm, but we also need to be able to live comfortably in contemporary environment um so yeah I think it's definitely a balance between identifying what's important and having an opportunity to grow but just because something's old I don't think it means it needs to be kept um, I think you know it should be respected if it's got value 
and meaning to the community or the owners. Um, so your main priority is community engagement, then working from there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the other things that they said it when I was studying conservation is that if no one's inhabiting the building or using it, it's just going to fall down. So there's no point keeping something if it's not going to be of any use to anyone. Um, I think also, you know, I studied five years of architecture first before I did the Masters of Conservation. And so I probably come from an architecture first heritage second. And so in that sense, I am, um, I've always been very anti just keeping the front of the building as an example, um, because it looks nice or makes the street look pretty. As an architect, you design the whole space not just what it looks like walking down the street. That's like a film set. Um, so, yeah, I think probably more about function and use of places over aesthetics. What was your motivation to enter local government? Um, okay, I feel a bit silly answering these questions. Um, but I do, I do think that since becoming a mother, I just have this desire to make it a better place for my son. And I think that probably sounds selfish, um, but I am prepared to put my hand up and try and do something that I'm passionate about that hopefully will result in something positive for him and his mates growing up. Um, I also want to be a good role model for him and his friends. So that's a definite, a definite driver for me. And yeah, I see it as an opportunity as well as an obligation, I suppose, um, to make positive changes for the whole community. What was your motivation to join the Labor Party? Yes, the Labor Party. Um, so I guess it probably started during my career. I was exposed to two fairly high profile individuals within the Labor Party. So Jack Mundy and the ex-Prime Minister Paul Keating. Um, and I think just the attitudes values, priorities that those two men displayed had a really big impact on, on me personally and professionally in the way that I conduct myself and look to the future. I think um, the two of them overwhelmingly, I guess, their passion to make a difference um, and in particular, I guess, to make a difference for the future generations, which I guess ties into my desire to make it a better place for my son and their um, his generation, but I think also in terms of the Labor Party and those two, their really strong desire to make changes that will benefit everybody and not just a particular interest group or a particular suburb. I think everyone will be happier and have a better life if, if it's equal, more equal for everyone. And so I think um, that seemed to align very strongly with the values and attitudes of the Labor Party, but yeah, I'd probably put it down to just the interactions with those two. Thank you, Miss Parkins, for your time and inspiring conversation. And thank you for tuning in to Wagga Selection Dissection. I'm your host, Zoe Morris, and you can find more information and episodes on Twitter, Spotify, and Facebook at Wagga Selection Dissection. Tune in for the next episode to listen to a conversation with Aboriginal elder and Wagga politician, Greg Packer, for his incredible perspective and insight into local government and Indigenous representation in politics. We'll see you next time. Cheers and goodbye.